Speaking of uh, of gallons of liquid that probably shouldn't be in your body, uh, that was. Uh... Yeah, we can we can <laughs> please ignore that I said that that way. Um, but anyway, uh, my my peak of 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 not great stuff uh, when it comes to to drinking that kind of stuff. Uh, Nick and I, we were down at my aunt's and uncle's house, and we were playing. I forget what we were playing. Uh, playing some video game. It was it was one of those that we we called it a party weekend whenever we went to my aunt's and uncle's house because it was we just freaking partied for you know a whole weekend. That's sweet. Um, and in the span of six hours, from like eight o'clock at night to what two in the morning, something like that. Uh, he and I both went through an entire 12 case of Mountain Dew ourselves. So we each oh had my oh my So that's what 144 gosh. ounces. Uh, and about, I think oh we de- we demolished three or four large Papa John's pizzas. Oh my god! That- I'm thinking about this and thinking about how like I still, like I I sort of look back fondly, and then when I'm at the store and I'm like walking through, like you know I'm getting a getting something to drink this weekend, and I'm I walk by and I see like the Mountain Dew Live Wire, Ooh, yeah. and part of me is like, oh, that would be good. And part of me is like, I'll drink half a can of this, and I won't be able to move for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mountain Dew has been reserved now. Like when you're going to, to Taco Bell, you get like a small Mountain Dew with one of your tacos, yeah. and then yep. that that's all you can do for a day. Yeah, so that was I mean, just after different. that. Yeah, after that uh, twelve case incident, um, that was the first <laughs> time I ever experienced a caffeine headache. Uh, and it lasted for two days (laughs) i just like part of me is a little disappointed that i know i can't hack that anymore yep like my my i'm not strong enough i can't take it i can't do that (laughs) and part of me is disappointed by that but part of me is also like how was that even possible (laughs) how did i how did i as like a 10th grader <laughs> go and subsist off of like from an evening of like little Debbie snacks and Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. Like, <laughs> and not wake how did up. I do that? And not wake and, up like you wanted to die the next day. Like, like, yeah, like I would wake up at 8 a.m. next morning. I'm fine. Yep, here well, we go. Let's go. Like, how did that happen? How did I? I didn't expect it to be at 22 years of age to be like, I can't, I couldn't physically do that. (laughs) It's not possible. Another week of Q4. Quarantine four. Who's the fourth? What? Who's the fourth? (laughs) Yeah, it's true. We are the quarantine four. It's me, you, Anthony, and the ghost that joins us on every podcast. (laughs) It's the spirit of the fun we used to have when we could go outside. (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. (laughs) The ghost of sports past. (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, how are you guys doing? How is how's life? I'm sad now. How's it hanging? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Bring us that, down, TJ. Come put on. that bummer. Well, this is our... Gosh, what episode is this since the beginning of quarantine? How how many episodes have we... We've Okay, we've been more consistent in our quarantine no sports episodes than we have been in oh, actual for sports sure. episodes. If, if anything, quarantine has helped our our production yeah, I think quantity. The, the only yeah. disruption we've had since quarantine started was last weekend. And I guess TJ had a slightly decent reason to do that. You know, helping, I guess yeah, so. I was still moving. on the fence about we were, it. We were moving. Yeah. Helping your fiance move states is... is it's tight. As far as excuses go, we'll give it a six and a half out of ten. Uh, twenty-four point scale. Oh, please. sorry. <laughs> Hang on a second. I was so <laughs> a ten As I was point saying, scale. Six and a half out of ten. I was thinking, shoot, I should use twenty-four. So that, that, that would translate to what? About a sixteen out of twenty-four. Yeah, fourteen, yeah. fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, we'll, we'll give okay. it. We'll go to the high end just because. Yeah, I. That's fair, I guess, but it's still sixteen out of twenty-four. I'm just going to throw into Q1 because I'm tired of you ragging on me, <laughs> also, missing this episode. Before you go in, uh, we've had, this will be our sixth episode since quarantine started. Wow. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, God, it's been a long time, huh? <laughs> wow. We've, we've been in here for a while. We've been locked inside for some, some time now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of quarantine, Q1. Uh, whoa, yes, I forgot to say, we have questions today. We actually have, like, oh, know, yeah. four quarters instead of our uh, past quarantine episodes. It's just uh, kind of talking for an hour. <laughs> so, um, uh, Q1, more new plans for opening the MLB season have uh, been drawn up. We have so many of them now. Uh, what do we think? Do we think any of them are actually plausible, or are they just kind of hope in the wind at this point i think there's a mix of both to them obviously until anything happens it's gonna seem like just kind of a pipe dream because there, there are a lot of hurdles for any plan to clear before baseball starts uh, but over the last few days baseball executives have been discussing a plan to get back to playing games sometime in late june or early july uh, USA Today was reporting no later than July 2nd, playing at least 100 games in most home ballparks. Uh, and I think the more I think about this plan, the more I like it. Uh, so what it would do, it would, the, one of the current plans that they're talking about, would reformat the league. So it would get rid of NL and AL for the season. It would split the league into three divisions of 10 teams each, just a Western, a Central, and an Eastern division based on geography. So some teams would be switching divisions where they play, uh, namely uh, teams that feel kind of out of place, like, the, for example, the Pittsburgh Pirates play in the NL Central right now. Under this new plan, since they're in Pennsylvania, they'd play in the Eastern Conference League. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, but so just so just to minimize travel until the playoffs, uh, they most teams would play in their home ballparks, depending on how far you know testing has progressed and everything. Um, 
and we would have, you know, just 100 games. It would be a shortened season, but we wouldn't have, you know, the seven-inning doubleheaders that were proposed a couple weeks ago. Uh, so overall, I think it's, regardless of what the plan looks like, MLB is committed to getting a season going. And I think that's a good sign. It's a comforting thought. But there are still a lot of, of hurdles beyond that once they come up with a plan. They need to figure out, you know, uh, contract situations. How much are you paying players for uh, 100 seasons? They need to figure out tickets. How are you going to do this? Are you going to, you know, honor the tickets that people have already purchased? But what about the tickets that were canceled? Uh, uh, what I'm reading about this plan is that it would be 100 games that there wouldn't be any fans. Exactly. Yeah. They would just right, that They just wouldn't have anyone go. Totally forgot about that, too. So then what do you do about tickets? What do you do about money? What do you do about uh, travel? How do you deal with testing? There are just so many things that any plan needs to clear uh, that it makes me hesitant to get my hopes up for, for anything, even, even when they do decide on a plan. And really, you know, I, I, we talked about this either on, on this show or on Offside Sports a couple of weeks ago, uh, but Major League Baseball is fairly low on the totem pole of deciding when baseball can come back. First and foremost, it's the virus. If, yeah. if the country is, is still seeing a, an, an increase in cases, you know, in a month, it's just irresponsible to talk about having sports come back. And after that, it's about, you know, the, the, the federal government and the state governments figuring out, okay, well, how are we doing in our own personal situations? How do we do what's best for the country or in this case for our individual states? Once we get through all of that and the coronavirus starts to subside a little bit and we're, we're on the other end of the curve and other federal and state governments are in a position where they can regularly test people, and having the amount of testing that you would need to run a Major League Baseball season wouldn't divert resources from the, the, the general population. I think only once that happens can you start saying to Major League Baseball, hey, okay, we are in a good spot. Now you can start thinking about how you're going to come back. Yeah, it's all, it's all dependent on testing, really, and, and how this moves. I totally agree. And this is it's not just MLB that's done this but like the NBA has talked about it too. There's been stuff like the last couple of weeks about maybe delaying the next season and finishing this season and like the commissioners are in kind of a tough spot because they they want to keep their sport going because obviously they need millions of dollars to be made, but at the same time like they have no idea. Like they're saying they want to reopen this and they want to do that, but like that is just a it could easily not happen. Like they're just kind of guessing. They're taking their best guess and stuff. So, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I think it'd be great for us as people to have sports back, and like especially MLB because it doesn't feel like summer unless there's baseball going on. Uh, but I don't know. It's it's really tough to to kind of put timelines on these things because there's it could be cured next week. You know, like we have no idea. So that's there's so many questions that it's really hard to to put hard timelines and put hard schedules in place and stuff. And one of the most difficult aspects of this is it is the national league for baseball. You have teams across the country. And so looking at how the divisions are broken up, sure, you could see that the possibly the central division could be in the clear or not in the clear, but in, in a much better position, you know, teams, 
you know, like like St. Louis or Milwaukee or Minnesota or Kansas City. Teams in they're, they're still highly populated areas, but they're not as big. The Midwest hasn't been nearly as largely affected as, you know, the other the either coast. Yeah. And so you could you could see a scenario where in June or July, you know, Minnesota, Missouri, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, they're all in in better places where they had fewer cases. Their testing is in a, a more ready capacity as opposed to places like Los Angeles and New York hotspots that are still struggling to to get the resources that they need. So if that happens, if you have you know half of your league ready to go, but the other half are playing in places where are they can't play what do you say to that what do you say oh sorry yankees sorry angels sorry dodgers uh you can't play in your home stadiums we'll just send you somewhere else um hopefully in two months we'll have a much better control or a much better handle on testing and we'll be able to more readily do it and so i'm hopeful that in two months this plan could work but there are just so many moving parts that i'm not i'm not getting my hopes up too much Right. And and even I think another thing that's going on, maybe not at the top of people's minds, is that like, yes, we need the, the testing and we need the facilities and, and we need the virus to slow down. But also the players have to come up with like contract renegotiations and like the players union has to figure some things out, too, because this could all be well and good. But if the players don't feel safe or if, you know, the, the players union feels they should get this or should get that, then those are that's a whole other discussion to have right there about what the players deserve and how their lives have been affected and all that too and that that's not something that i would imagine would take a day or two i think that would be a a long drawn-out process in and of itself you know well an interesting thing to think about too in terms of players is there are some players who are going to be more motivated than others to play this season yeah Um, and you think you know about the young guys who are on their first contract, they're on their rookie deals, they were just called up a year or two ago, they haven't had a chance to earn that big money, uh, to earn that big contract, they're going to want to get out there and play. Whereas, you know, you think of veterans who are, you know, 36, 37, 38 years old, who have been in the league for a decade, who have earned their big paycheck, uh, and who, at this point, would want to preserve their career instead of risking it, um, going into a season too early. So, I mean, you, the ML, uh, MLB's Players Association is going to have a an interesting time balancing the needs and the wants of all of their players and then trying to negotiate those with Major League Baseball. There is a consensus, it seems, that most players want to get back. But even with that now decided on, how does that look? How does service time look? How do you pay these players? Uh, thinking about guys uh, as a Cardinals fan like Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, where they're in the twilight of their career, how does mm-hmm. a missed season affect their contracts where they're both on one-year deals right now, or Yadier Molina is in the last season of his deal? How does that affect those guys? Will this be the end of their careers? As, as, a, as a Cardinals fan, I really hope not. I would love to see both of them come back. But who knows? And even, uh, yeah, like... Th- the person I thought of right away was was Nelson Cruz, right? But what about and I don't maybe they've talked about this or discussed this, but what about like suspensions? So if you know someone was it last year that Michael Pineda had a sixty game suspension, or is that mm-hmm. carrying over into this year? Uh, so there actually was a big discussion about this. The, the Players Association, I believe, has come to uh, a decision on this, regardless. Um, 
<clears throat> and the the way the MLB is going about that is suspensions are uh, for games. Like you're supposed to miss games for a suspension. So Pineda, mm-hmm. I think, has like 40 some games left in the suspension. If this season is played, Pineda will miss 40 some games. Huh. Okay. If this season is not played, then he has served his suspension. Um, and they they looked at it as you are missing games the next season if it carries over if you do something illegal in the later part of a season, right? Yeah. Um, but with the season not being played, they're not going to make someone go two years without playing for a suspension that was supposed to be half a season. Um, yeah, that makes so sense. So they, they came to that agreement. Um, I believe that in any reopening plan that that is already solidified, that's already been part of the arbitration. Um, so we will we will see but we know for a fact suspensions um will not carry over to 2021 regardless of if this season is played gotcha that that makes the most sense i think yeah like yep I mean, that's, that's fair makes the most logical sense yeah everyone's inherently suspended right now anyway so right. i guess yep. they're just getting a twofer yeah it's a difficult it's a difficult situation and I like you think about oh just make them go play without fans but then you have to think about the fact that the MLB pays for everything oh yeah by fans like if you play a season without fans and you're paying the players without fans where's like, your money coming from <laughs> like they're like we know yes there's a lot of overhead in baseball right um, nobody in the majors like we can talk about the minors minors money is a completely different topic but majors money nobody is short on cash um but you talk about you know maybe the owners of the twins have let's let's give them let's give them a generous 30 million dollars of profit every year you go one year without that and you're paying what your payroll is what 100 and some million so yeah what are you gonna do where does that go? And, that, um, and that's where you're seeing teams hesitant to, to issue refunds to uh, people who have purchased tickets for this season because they don't have that money right now. They've spent yeah, it. Like you, can't, you can't play without fans. No, it's gone. Like you can't yeah. play without the ability because players are going to play without being paid, nor should they play without being like they're they're signed a contract. Mm-hmm. They're going to get paid. And the owners, yes, the owners are rich. Like you have to be rich to own a sports team but like that only goes so far when you're not well and, and getting anything to pay your players and those aren't all liquid assets where they can't just go to the bank and say hey uh my team is is no is not playing we're not getting ticket revenue can i get a check for you know 0.75 billion dollars uh so i can i can yeah. pay people a, and, lo- a lot of that value that's the it, thing is it's like even if you could even if you could go like i'm Let's see right now. Um, uh, what's the name of the Twins owner again? Um, I don't remember. It used to be the Polads. Is it still the, it Polads? Is the Polads? Yeah, Jim yeah. Polad. Jim Polad. Uh, used to be his dad, Carl, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Polad family is... Uh, 
they are wealthy. I want to see liquid assets though, because like if you if you pull out like one hundred million dollars, that doesn't cover payroll. Like one hundred million dollars is not enough to cover the payroll. Or like you know th- thinking about it, it, you know the, the, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Jerry Jones is worth eight billion dollars, but five point one of that, I think. Um, I'm sorry, five point. The Cowboys are valued at five point five billion dollars. So more than half, almost three quarters of all of Jerry Jones's net worth is the Dallas Cowboys. It's not like he can go cash in half of his organization to pay his players. That that's just yeah, not how like, that works. Right. Like we're looking, Paul Ladd's net worth is around three billion. Twins value is one point or three billion. One twins are one point one five billion. So like a third of that is it is the twins organization. And you can't yeah. like I know you can just go exchange the, that. I mean the Polads <laughs> own half of the businesses in Minnesota and we're not like baseball is important for the economy and it's important for culture, but like uh it's not worth destroying the economy of every city that baseball is a part of by just like selling off every asset and causing a massive economic crash in every major metropolitan area in the United States in order for baseball to be played. We don't right. need that. Right. Right. Like we can't avoid that. And, so, and all of this to say that owners will be fine. Major league baseball owners teams will be fine. Will be yeah. fine. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But they, the, they are coming out of this just fine, but it's the, the game day workers, the, the security mm-hmm. staff, the uh, clubhouse managers, all of the people who who work a baseball game who need to be at the stadium to make it go, they might not. And it, it is kind of crummy where you see, oh, well, these owners have billions and billions of dollars. Why can't they help? And, and in some instances, they are. And I think that's, that's a really yeah. good thing. But all this comes back to say that these teams need ticket revenue. These teams need parking revenue. They need concessions and souvenir purchases because that makes up a significant amount of their operating budget on a year-to-year basis. And so, yeah, the higher-ups, the players, uh, the, the, the coaches, they're all going to be fine. But you still have hundreds if not thousands of other people who need to get paid who are not getting paid or who are at risk of not getting paid. And, that, and then you look that's, at, that's the mean, major issue. I brought up earlier the minor leagues, right? Exactly. Minor league players don't have huge contracts. We're all talking about opening up the major leagues. What happens to minor leagues? Like a lot of a lot of people in the minor leagues are, and this is this is a problem with baseball already. But like they're not making much. No. Like there are probably plenty of them who are making less than like an average salary. Yeah, well, I'm not talking average baseball seller. I'm talking average American seller. Like, they, yeah, I bet there's a bunch of them who need jobs. Like, they need they, these people need jobs. Like, some of them, I've heard there there are minor leaguers out there working second jobs. Oh, just for to, sure, just yeah. to afford an apartment. So, we're talking about opening up the MLB and figuring out how to pay that. But like, yeah, the opening up the minor leagues. How do we like? How do the contracts work there? How do we figure that out? It's just, it's a mess. It's a mess. The average starting pay for minor leaguers as of, this is sort of old data from 2015, uh, but it's it hasn't gone up much. Uh, it's, it's between $1,100 and $2,100 a month 
for the duration of That's... the season, which is two to three months. Wait. I make more than $1,100 a month. Gosh, that's and wait, I'm a journalist what? at a, a small market TV station. Yeah, that's that's nothing. That's, that's nothing. That that is, by definition, below the poverty line. Well, is that? Are there contracts? This might be a stupid question, but are there contracts just for the season, or are they, like, is that yeah, twenty one hundred or whatever? Is that twelve month or is that like five months? Uh, they they get paid for the duration of the season. So there are some, they can be as short as three months. So you could see, you know, some, you know, high A or double A players getting, you know, 1500 bucks a month for three months out of the year. And then they have to go uh, get a job at, at, at Dude, a target or, or bagging yeah, groceries that is or something. N- that is nothing. And so you, that yeah, is, you, it's ugh. nothing. You see players on, on individual teams, you know, once again, going back to the Cardinals, Adam Wainwright has set aside um, a couple million dollars to help pay minor leaguers just so they have enough money to, to pay the rent to, to get through month to month. Um, yeah, which that's crazy. And, and, and we're seeing now uh, with all the financial struggles going on, MLB is asking minor league baseball to cut 40 teams from the from the association, from the organization. And most likely they're going to agree. You're going to see 40 teams. So that's that's about a quarter, 160 down to 120. You're going to see 40 of those teams lose their affiliation. And with that, most likely they won't have the resources to support themselves. So what do you do with those players? Do Are they still technically in the organization? Do they just move somewhere else? And even if the players are okay, quote unquote okay, what about the, the staffers of that ballpark? What about those coaches? What about those yeah. uh, game day workers? They're just... As, as much as we'd Duh. like to get Major League Baseball back for the sake of having Major League Baseball back uh, and seeing games, getting people back in most likely won't happen this year. And that ticket revenue, all of those sales, not only support Major League Baseball, they support Minor League Baseball as well. That's a huge domino effect. I didn't even think about Minor Leagues, but yeah, that's that's totally not the priority, you know? Mm-hmm. Jeez. It's a mess. It's a mess. We got serious from this on this uh, this yeah, show today. That, oh God, that took yeah. a turn. Yeah. Wow, that sucks. All right, we're going to turn to something less serious. How about that? Love it. Uh, Q two. Uh, since there aren't any sports happening right now, uh, we have all been turning to the second best medium for sports, and that is sports video games. Uh, this has brought up a lot of thought on my end, and I wanted to get everyone else's opinions. Uh, what is the best sports video game? And I will accept uh, the one-off if you want to do a specific title from a specific year. Okay. And I will also want to hear uh, best overall series. Can I, Before we get started, can I just interject something? Yeah. So um, the NCAA, I think it was last week, just approved that players will be able to profit from like their own likeness or whatever. You're right? kidding. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure. Oh my gosh. I, I saw it like on a bunch on Twitter are and we, Instagram. Are we getting so are we getting NCAA twenty one? You would think, right? I would think. You would think so. I mean that's EA's gonna profit like heck out of that. So why why wouldn't they? Why would they like oh. Joe Burrow on the cover of oh. 
NCAA. But like also, if, yes. <laughs> right? If they can, why wouldn't they? But but I, I don't just, know how how exactly that works. Like I I didn't look into the the new NCAA ruling or anything, but I just saw that it was they're allowing players to to profit from their image and their likeness. Okay, so this again gets in before we're ranking, but like yes, this makes me very excited, but also I'm scared. Because EA has not made a good Madden game in a while. It's been at least so, almost 10 years. <laughs> if they make an NCAA game, will it continue the trend that the NCAA games were always like a little bit better than the Madden games that year? Or will it, will it dump? Will it be a <laughs> dumpster fire like the recent titles have been? Do you, th- do you think the new Madden games are bad because they're getting too realistic? No. I, God, I, think, not, I, think, they're getting, the I think they're getting too bad because they're trying to get too realistic. Mm, and they're okay. failing miserably. Like, I was going to say, w- this actually leads in well. One of my favorite video games, and I think one of the best video games, uh, was Madden 2006. If you look back at it, that was kind of at the height of the, the Xbox, PlayStation 2, GameCube era. And oh. it had everything you want in a football game. It had all the customization. It had the, the real teams. You could make your own teams, design your own jerseys. It had the hit stick. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a video game first and foremost. And it wasn't like a true-to-life football simulation. And so, yes, you could still... It had you know realistic passing and rushing totals and everything. And you could play as your favorite players. But you could also design a, or customize a, a team of 53 foot tall 415 pound behemoths <laughs> who could run as fast as they wanted to and every time you hit stick someone it would put them out for the season with an injury uh, you could do that if you wanted to and it was just it was a fun game to play but really ever since i don't know i i maybe around like madden 13 madden 25 that those were still fun games, but ever since then they started going downhill. Where Madden's tried to get more realistic, and really you saw it with the start of the the removal of the hit stick. Uh, in what like was that oh seven oh eight? Because the NFL, uh, since they licensed with EA, thought that was too violent uh, and wanted it removed. Um, and so ever since then they've started like, oh well, we need to be more of a football simulation. This is what it's like to play in an actual football game. Uh, and it's it's just bad. The the physics engine is bad. There are all these tiny little issues in Madden that just make it a bad video game. And it's I, I was talking to TJ about this last week. I regularly beat the computer like forty five zero, fifty two to zero, sixty to zero, and I never have fun when I'm playing it. I don't know why I play it because it's just <laughs> I get frustrated when I win sixty to zero because there were some you know weird issues that were going on with the game so i just madden is a bad game because it's trying to be realistic and it is failing also it's just a bad video game yeah in in terms of, of user interface in terms of physics engine in terms of uh just different playability things uh, you know i point to not being able to sign coaches the way you want to or not knowing when players are retiring or not being able to customize your own teams anymore. It's just, it is not a good video game. So, 
that begs the question. So you said Madden 06 is your favorite sports video game of all time. It is my favorite Madden game of all time. Uh, actually, that might also be a lie, too. I think it is the best Madden game. Uh, I still might think my favorite Madden video game of all time is Madden 10 for the Wii. Just oh pure, purely based on nostalgia. That was my yeah. first sports video game ever. Um, it I, it was also, Anthony, if you've never played it, it's a dumpster yeah, fire it is of a video <laughs> game. It is objectively a terrible game. But I just, I can remember spending hours in the basement with my brother uh, playing. Uh, they had all these different minigame modes. Uh, you could do like five on five, and they had the, the big head option. Uh, if you wanted to, I, what did, what was it with with like late two thousands games? Thinking that the funniest thing ever they could do was big heads, yeah. like that yeah. because it is true. The funniest was, thing you can do in a video game is give the character a big. Head. It was literally everywhere. That's so funny you say that because it was in every different EA franchise. Oh That's yeah, every arcade franchise oh, yeah. like, yes. needed the big head mode. But yeah, so Madden ten, janky as it was, bad as it was. I still go down. I uh, uh, Mima has a copy of it at her house because uh, we would uh, well we gave it to her because she has a Wii uh, and we were like well we don't want to get rid of this game but we aren't playing it as much so uh, but every once in a while I go down there I'll still boot it up a little bit and, and play and then I'll I'll stop after a game because it's it's horrible but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes yeah, so that. Madden 10 is one of my favorite sports video games of all time. Not for any merit of its own, just purely based on nostalgia. Yeah. This I mean that's a this is a great question, TJ. Like it's so hard to to think of it. Like because there's the big thing for me is nostalgia. Like I love nostalgic video games and I love playing games that I played as a kid. Oh yeah. So my my Madden game was Madden 08. And that was like, it was with Vince Young on the cover. Yeah. Um, but that was that was like sort of, it was one of the last before they changed. Because you know how like Madden 10 had kind of a different look to it? Yep. It was, it was one of the last ones before that like new look. I don't know how to describe it, but it was just, I, oh, that look in Madden 10 is just atrocious. Um, <laughs> but I think, and this might, this might be a little bit of a hot take. But I think the best series of sports games is FIFA, in my opinion. Ooh, because that is a take. I've I've played that for probably. I mean, I played a lot of Madden, and like I had Madden '99 on that <laughs> on the Nintendo 64. Oh yeah. But um, FIFA to me is just like they haven't gone through that major change that Madden did. Just because FIFA was always, I don't know. It's just it just hasn't become overly realistic where it's not fun anymore. And I've I've really appreciated that. And it's I don't know. I've just always liked it. And a bunch of people had played it. Like more people played that in my experience than Madden. So you could meet someone and oh yeah, you play FIFA. Yeah, who's your team? Barcelona. Oh, nobody likes you. But you know, <laughs> I don't know things like that. It was just easier to easier to play than Madden was fascinating uh yeah. and i have a different take than both of you because you were both wrong and i am right mm. um, i still want to hold that i have not given my best video game of all time yet oh, yeah well, same i don't okay. i don't know all what right. that is uh yeah all right well i'll all have right. to think about that tj you go ahead since apparently you're the end all be all here okay uh best one-off game 
NCAA 13. I do. I like very much enjoyed NCAA 13. I I have not played a sports video game that has just like it has brought me joy in the way that bad or the NCAA 13 was able to recruiting a running back that I find out can squat 460. <laughs> <laughs> And like, and I see that, and I'm like, "You're a one-star recruit, but we're gonna make you into a star, sir." Like, and the fact that you can do that, the the playing as a high school student and going to whatever college you want. Oh um, yeah. Like. Oh so, yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's yes. so good. Um. Yeah, it just sucks that you can't play it on anything other than a PS3 or Xbox 360 right now because I don't own either of those. Yeah. Um, the best series, uh, I'm going to say, uh, MLB The Show. Oh, there, there is not a series that has been so consistently good. I think, like everyone has bad entries in the series. Um, MLB The Show is just, it's just strong. Everything has. Like the depth that you want, the realism that you're looking for, uh, it's just it's just all around solid. It's just good. Uh, and then I'm gonna give my nostalgia game to Madden 07. I know that's right in between the 06 and the mm. 08. Uh, that was Madden the Vic 07, game, right? I remember I made a team. <laughs> I made the Malacca Wolves, right? Yes. In Madden, because I was I, I mean I was like a seventh grader playing this game and i'm like yeah i'm gonna make my football team and i remember <laughs> like a vivid memory of mine is playing madden 07 as the malacca wolves in the super bowl while listening on the radio to the real malacca wolves get creamed in the first <laughs> round of the playoffs <laughs> Oh, that is hilarious. Just, I can see TJ just sitting in front of his computer just crying or in front of his I Xbox. Was, just, I was sad. This, I was this is how it should sad. be. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, yeah, did good you, memories, good times. Did you know they used to make – I I know this is right. They used to make NCAA basketball games? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm they, pretty they sure made, they did, right? For a little while there was NCAA baseball too, wasn't there? Oh yeah, uh, I think so. Cause I'm I'm just looking it up now. Oh, there there was definitely baseball. Yes, yes, there's definitely baseball. But I had the NCAA 09 game because I would play as Kevin Love. MVP yes. 06 NCAA. Yeah, because there it between is. 2005 Jeez, and, and 2006, uh, the EREA had a had a disagreement with Major League Baseball, and so they lost licensing for because mvp baseball 2005 was a major league baseball game they lost licensing so they kept their mvp series but switched it to ncaa baseball oh my dude gosh i'm gonna okay the best series might be mvp baseball Uh, it's still oh my if you still go back mvp baseball 2005 (sighs) is still widely regarded as the greatest baseball game of all time and that's actually that was my legit pick for greatest video game of all time. Oh my god, dude! I used to play. Oh my god, I played MVP Baseball 2003 on my computer. Same. That I, pro- That's the I probably, same one. Yeah. I probably have the most 
hours out of any video game on that game. Oh, I played oh so. Oh, my. I, I remember that was the game where, because MVP baseball was never realistic. It had never tried. No. no. Um, I So that was the game where, like, you go into MLB The Show, and MLB The Show is realistic. You can pump up someone's stats to 99 everything, and they'll still bat, you know, 340. But I had a guy <laughs> who I bumped up to 99 everything on the Minnesota Twins. Every time he swung the bat, it was a home run. And it just <laughs> and and the second part is that 99 speed just like 99 speed in that era of of like just EA games. You remember Michael Vick with his 99 speed like Yes. So 99 speed, you would hit the home run and he would be at home plate before the ball left the stadium. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and I just remember that being such a nice feeling that anytime he I would win every game because I could be guaranteed at least three runs. <laughs> and and that's the thing with Dude, the MVP baseball series where the realism wasn't in the gameplay. It was in all of the auxiliary functions of the game. Like in yes. 2005 you had the the owner mode where you can go through and manage a season and you could try and make trades you manage your major league club your triple a club your double a club your single a club um and it just it felt like an authentic owner that not that i can say what an authentic owner experience is but <laughs> it felt like being an owner but but it, it <laughs> felt like you were really running your team but then when you get into the gameplay it is fun like that where you can just create these players and you know i i always had a guy um, it was a shortstop, uh, Ying Wing Macadingding Jr. Um, and <laughs> of course, would be ninety nine speed, ninety nine contact, but three power on his hits. So all of his hits would be slow rollers up, you know, through the infield. But nobody could get him out because he was already at first base by the time the catcher was able to go get the ball. And then you would steal, you know, second or third. So. By the time that your second guy got up to bat, you'd already be on third base. Um, or, you know, are you guys familiar with uh, with John Dowd in MVP Baseball 2005? Yes. Yep. Anthony, are I am not. Uh, so, no. John um, Dowd. As part of the, the licensing agreement, uh, the MLB Players Association had to agree to MLB video games for players to use their likenesses. And most of the time they do. However, uh, Barry Bonds did not. He withdrew from MLBPA's licensing agreement. So MLB video games could not use him. So instead, they came up with a replacement named John Dowd. And he still lives in infamy as one of the most overrated, or not overrated, but one of the most overpowered cheat codes in a (laughs) video game. The equivalent of Matt from Wii Sports. Yes, oh my gosh. John Dowd (laughs) in MVP baseball. I hated hated facing John Dowd. Because I I was that guy who I would always make a pitcher. Uh I I Adam Wainwright was not in that game, so I had to make Adam Wainwright uh, as a custom character. But <laughs> Adam Wainwright is also my favorite player, so I'd have to make his stats as best as possible. So he had, you know, uh, 99 velocity, 99 uh, movement on on all of his pitches. So his curveball was nasty. But John Dowd was still the only player who could take me yard on that curveball, and he did on almost every single bat, and it drove me crazy. <laughs> John Dowd, that's hilarious. Dude, I'm just okay. I'm just looking 
these games up and you said you don't have an xbox 360 tj i don't all right well uh mvp baseball 2003 and 2004 are both compatible on the xbox 360 because they're xbox games but guess you don't have an xbox so see we just need to we just need to have the agreements work out that we can get those games on pc come on but that's i'm on steam I had it on PC, but it doesn't work on my I know. Computer. They're not compatible anymore. Old because games it's... don't work with new systems, and it's sad. Well, it's like basically a floppy disk. And so. apparently there is a, a healthy modding community for MVP Baseball 2005 where you, you can download versions of the game somewhere and then download mods so you can have like 2020 rosters, 2020 stadiums. People love what? this game. Ooh, However, yeah. I've been trying to find the downloads uh, area for... Excuse me, I've been trying to find the download areas for the game. Uh, and all the sites I get taken to are really, really sketchy. <laughs> and I feel like if I click the download button, I'm also going to download like 15 different viruses and crash my Oh, computer. you absolutely are going to. That's absolutely part of it, yeah. But is it worth it, though? No. <laughs> the answer is no. But is it... I'll ask again. But is it worth it, <laughs> Anthony though? asking a question two times does not change the answer. <laughs> Uh, also before yeah i'm i'm gonna buy this game today (laughs) but before we move off the topic of uh sports video games there there have to be two honorable mentions tj you already mentioned one in wii sports uh and also (laughs) any sports game featuring mario is instantly classic Mm. are you talking mario baseball mario tennis mario golf yep Yep. what else is Uh, there mario mario kart i would put in the uh, Mario and Sonic: sure. The Olympic Games. Oh, uh, yep, yep. Oh, yeah. Mario Hoops three on three. That was a, a basketball game for oh. the uh, uh, GameCube. There was also never played that. Um, I think one of the NBA Street games for uh, GameCube let you play oh. as or against Mario. So there is footage online of Mario taking on Shaquille O'Neal in a game of pickup basketball, <laughs> and it is legendary. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. I'm gonna I'm literally like I'm buying MVP baseball two thousand three. Oh my gosh. Today and I'm gonna play it when it ships to me. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And in order for us to do that we have to move on. <laughs> yeah. To Q three and four. These are a pair. I have put them together because it is a it is a one and two question two-parter that's what we call those two-part questions I forgot <laughs> two-parter for it. um so the nfl draft was last weekend we would have recorded an episode right in the middle of it so it's kind of good we didn't record an episode because now we're uh we've we've seen everything that has happened um nfl draft who are the winners part one and who are the losers part two now, i'm not saying this because i'm a homer but the dallas cowboys <laughs> had one of the best drafts of any team in the league. I think the Cowboys, the Vikings, I don't know, there, there are a couple other teams up there too, but really the, the two that I was paying attention to, Cowboys and Vikings knocked it out of the park. Uh, both of them got a, a little lucky too, which I think is okay. <laughs> it's okay to, to be lucky in these things. Uh, but both of them were able to draft uh, premium talent at their draft slots that also filled positions of need. Both of these teams got significantly better, and it's it's hard to judge draft picks 
without seeing them on the field. But so far on paper, there is not a single player that they drafted that can be considered a miss, a reach, or a bust so far. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, the fact that I mean, I I was just watching the draft and and as it was getting into like the 10, 11, 12, I'm just looking and I'm like, well, I I heard all this about CD Lamb and and how this guy is going to be like a great pro, how he's his game is going to transition nicely. He was amazing in college and I'm like, how is he why is he still there if he's that good? And then Dallas took him and I'm like, dang. That like they that has to be one of those where you're sitting like in your fantasy draft and you're like, how is this guy still there? Like, am I being trolled right now? And then they're like, yeah, I'll take CeeDee Lamb. Like, <laughs> well, there was a, why wouldn't you at that there point? There was a story published where the Dallas Cowboys had CeeDee Lamb as their sixth overall rated player in the draft. He, he was number six. Uh, and they ran different simulations. So I, I think they said they ran like 10 or 15 simulations of the draft. And in none of those simulations did they have CeeDee Lamb falling to number 17. They didn't think about taking him during those because they didn't think they would have to. They Or they, they would have the opportunity to. They thought he would be gone by the top 10. And so, yeah, you could argue that wide receiver isn't the biggest need for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they have plenty of holes on in the secondary and on the defensive line. But... Randall Cobb did just leave behind uh, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. You really didn't have anyone at the wide receiver position. Um, and so it is one of those points where they were able to draft the best player available, and it also filled a hole. And at that point, they were going to have to reach to get a defensive lineman or a defensive back. So overall, I think it worked out really well. I'm really excited that C.D. Lamb is a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, it kind of puts a, a damper on my whole bring back Dez hope. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's yeah, going to particularly happen. because they gave CD Lamb 88 as well uh, as his jersey number. So I think that's that's put a, a, yep. a it, it, it's nailed the that was the final nail in the coffin. That's the phrase I'm looking for uh, for Des coming back. I'm not too upset about that though. I think the Cowboys' offense is going to look really really good this year. Yeah, I think, um, and this is I guess kind of like a not really an exact answer to your question. I think the Cardinals got a lot better in the month of April. Like, I, I don't know if it was necessarily the draft that, like, put them over the hill on that, but um, with the blockbuster trade that they made to get DeAndre Hopkins, and then um, they draft Isaiah Simmons, too, they have the best linebacker in the draft, and now they have two very dangerous offensive weapons and then later in the draft i just looked they picked uh two defensive tackles as well so i think the cardinals got a lot better just from that one pick um and then also their trade makes them a lot better too so the the nfc west and the afc west this year are going to be very interesting to keep an eye on because there's there's a lot of different ways that both of those uh, divisions can go. So I, I think the Cardinals got a lot better. I agree that um, the Cowboys were probably my number one pick for improvement. Um, the Vikings did pretty well too. I think the the Dolphins did the right thing. Um, mm-hmm. They can't really regress from where they're at. So I think any <laughs> any move is a good move for them at this point. Um, and also the last one. I know I just am throwing out like six teams here. But um, staying with the AFC West, I think the Raiders 
have gotten better significantly too. Uh, they picked that super fast dude, um, stalling, stalling, Henry stalling, Ruggs. stalling. Henry Ruggs, yes, who is just an absolute psychotic athlete. I mean, this dude is insanely athletic, and I think Derek, uh, Derek Carr, David Carr. Okay, now I'm. Which one? It's, it's Derek, Derek Carr, Carr, right? Derek Carr. Derek okay. Carr. Oh my god, <laughs> I just had a lapse right there. I'm like, who the heck is it? Um, Derek Carr's days are numbered in Las Vegas, I think. So I think the Raiders are going to step up and and might uh, might be a little dangerous in the AFC West. I don't know. This was a very Raiders draft. Um, it, there are a lot, there's a lot of mixed feelings about what they did. Um, it's called the very Raiders draft because they, they took some of the best athletes on the field. I mean, it, Henry Ruggs is a great example where he is just a, a physical speedster. I mean – ideal yeah, size he's speed, so fast um but a lot of unrefined talent there as well so they're placing a lot of faith in john gruden and rightfully so uh, that he'll be able to kind of mold all these players into into his system um and john gruden has proven that he can be successful in the past but i don't know it's just it's weird where they didn't tank the draft per se but i think a, a lot of their picks left people confused and particularly like henry ruggs is is a an athlete but at the same time you had jerry judy and cd lamb available as well and i think both of those players yeah. are more complete uh pro ready players than henry ruggs not saying that henry ruggs is going to be a bad wide receiver by any stretch of the imagination but there were just some picks that were that left people scratching their heads and it, I, I was one of them yeah. the raiders were it was like i said i still have no idea how to feel about the raiders draft i wouldn't say that they were one of the best but they definitely were not one of the worst either did you really quickly? This is a little off topic, but did you know Jason Witten signed with yes, the Raiders? Yes, I did. That I did not know that. I just I literally clicked on the Raiders yeah, online that, and it I, says I, I Jason sent you that Witten. message, TJ. Like when it happened, I I oh, I, I forgot about. This. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's um, anyway. That's <laughs> we'll avoid a, huh. a, a Noah tangent or, or sad Noah okay. today, but it just I. I had mixed feelings about that because I, I really wanted Jason Witten to be a cowboy for life, but at the same time, he just wasn't adding the, the, the value at the tight end position that the Cowboys needed. And I think Mike McCarthy made the, the hard and the right decision. I think he was okay being the bad guy coming in uh, and telling Jason Witten he either retires or finds another team because Jerry Jones wanted him back. But uh, Yeah, because uh, he's an emotional leader. And- yeah, and I'm just – I'm <laughs> – I'm really sad that Jason Witten will not be a cowboy for life because he is the the over the last 15 years was the everything you wanted in a football player. He's a good football player. He's a good team leader. Great guy off the field, um, and I would argue a Hall of Fame tight end. Um, and it just it, it it sucks to see him go to another team, uh, and it's it's going to be really weird seeing him in a different jersey, and particularly a Raiders jersey. That just that that's yeah. gonna be weird. Silver and black, huh? Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> can we uh, can we talk about something else? I'm, I'm getting sad. Yeah, here. to prevent being <laughs> sad, I'm gonna give my uh, my things uh, yeah. for draft winners. I think it's pretty consistent. Uh, Cowboys had a great draft. Vikings had a great draft. Specifically, the Vikes filled a lot of holes that they really needed filled. Uh, mm-hmm. Got a good wideout. I like Jefferson. Um, 
Jeff Gladney at corner. I think that's that's a good call. Yes. Because <laughs> we now, like our, oh, our yeah. top two corners are uh, Mike Hughes and... Uh... Yep, that's it. There we <laughs> go. Uh, lost your <laughs> top three cornerbacks this year. So, yeah. Yeah, so... Glad- Gladney like, is a good I pick. Like, yeah, I like Gladney. I, I think not only is it a good position fit, I like both Jefferson and Gladney as players. I think... Um, their style will work nicely with the Vikings. Um, I also like that they picked up an offensive tackle. Uh, very nice to have one Always of those. Always need that. <laughs> um, another winner that hasn't been mentioned yet, uh, Tampa Bay. Oh, yes, yes. Tampa Bay getting yep. an offensive lineman to protect Tom Brady uh, and their, uh, what, their running back. Uh, no, sorry, Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, defensive back. So sad to see that both Diggs and Winfield went to other teams. Um, I'm a little sad about that. But uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., I like him. I think he's a good pick for Tampa. Trayvon Diggs, I think, is a good pick for Dallas. So my winners I, I'm ha- pretty consistent with everyone. I'm happy that the Cowboys got Trayvon Diggs, too. I mean, he is a... Yeah, Trayvon Diggs is good. He's he's, he's a tough, good. physical, man-to-man press coverage cornerback, and that's exactly what the Cowboys are going for this year. So, not to not to you know keep going back to the Cowboys, but uh, I am surprised at the the talent that they got um, at the positions that they did. I mean, there are some of these players, uh, particularly uh, uh, in CD Lamb and Trayvon Diggs, who they were thinking they were going to have to trade up for to get. And yet they felt mm-hmm. them at their respective positions. Uh, I talked about this on Offside Sports last week, um, but I'm, I think I'm starting to get Stockholm syndrome with Mike McCarthy <laughs> and the new Cowboys coaching staff. <laughs> where I have said on this show and I've said on Offside Sports when the McCarthy signing first happened that I was not happy about it, that I was very scared, very nervous for my team. Um, but as the offseason has gone on, they've made some of these moves that I'm like, okay, okay, I can get doing this. And, like, I think it's just because there's there's nothing I can do about it. I can't change that Mike McCarthy is the head coach of the Cowboys. I can't – it's not like I'm going to stop rooting for them either. So I'm just sitting here. It's like, well, guess we got to get on board then. Uh, and so I'm actually yeah. – I'm scared at how quickly I'm starting to like Mike McCarthy <laughs> and, and the team that he is building right now. Um but no, I think that this draft is just this is the best possible statement Mike McCarthy and his staff could have made. This this draft was perfect. This is what they needed uh, to start building their team, and and hopefully uh, we'll do better than eight and eight this season. Also, I yeah, that's wanna, oh. that. I was just gonna say it's it's similar. It it's different, but it's a little bit similar to the hype surrounding the Browns from last year mm-hmm. too, and. I, I think the Cowboys are going to be good. I think after the draft and the changes they made in the offseason, they're the favorites in the East. Um, however, after what happened last year with Cleveland, now I'm just kind of like sitting back and I'm like, okay, this is great, but now let's see it. Exactly. You know, and- like, because you can have all the talent in the world, but if you can't do anything with it, then you just look like an idiot. So, like, let's see it let's see you win some big games let's see you knock off some really well good and teams. the cowboys yeah. were the prime example of that where they had all of the talent in the world they had the the yeah. nfl's number one passing attack and they, they were i think second overall in total offense and they went eight and eight and they lost games to teams like the jets um 
So <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful because most of that core is still intact. Most of that team is still here, and we don't have Jason Garrett anymore. I think this will be a yes. different team, and I think particularly because they had that season last year, they're going to have that edge to them that we saw you know, when Dak started, when, and particularly a couple of seasons ago when they went 13-3 and and they had that fantastic defense. Oh, sorry, that wasn't their 13-3 their and season. That was their 10-6 and season where their defense was one of the best in the league, uh, and they had that chip on their shoulder. I think you're going to see more of that. At least I'm hoping you're going to see more of that because they had the experience of last season where they, they were hyped as the best team in the East. They were hyped as Super Bowl favorites, uh, and they let that get to their head. I think this will be a, a season to to remove those expectations, or not remove those expectations, but remove that you know overconfidence in yourself. I think they're going to get to work, and I think if we have a season this year, they could be a really, really good team. I want to talk about my losers for a moment. I think yes. we all have um, the same loser here, and I'm so I have excited. one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I have two. I have two losers in this draft. Most teams in this draft got better, right? Cowboys, Vikings, obviously. Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm going to put Chargers, uh, Lions. Yep. Um, Browns, Dolphins like had you a said. pretty good draft. Yep. Browns had a pretty good yep. draft. Um, <laughs> the Saints and Ravens both look scary. They've got some pieces. Uh, but there are two teams, two teams in the NFL. That nobody has a freaking clue what they're doing. <laughs> First one, I'm going to go with the one that I know you guys aren't thinking about right now. Uh, but I, I, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I, um, I, so I have talked about this uh, before. One of my best friends from high school, my best friend from uh, sixth grade, known for a long time. Big Eagles fan. Um, I was not watching the second round of the draft. And I simply received a text with the word, why? (laughs) Uh, After the Eagles (laughs) selected Jalen Hurts in the second round of the NFL draft to do something behind Carson Wentz I think I don't know why um unless they're they're hoping Carson just goes down with an injury again and they're just gonna have Jaywin go take him to the Super Bowl because it's the only way they can win I guess but like that's not a real vote of confidence in your very young and very good quarterback I got to see a real-time reaction from an Eagles fan as the pick oh, was made, because my, my brother Nick is a huge Eagles fan. I was FaceTiming with Nick and Christian uh, during the draft. Um, and when the Eagles announced that they had selected uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, Nick was like, it, it was excited because just like the initial name recognition, but then quickly was like, wait, what? Why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> uh, and then when it was like, okay, well, maybe we could do some interesting packages with him a la Taysom Hill. And then went back to why, uh-huh. and then yeah, went sure. so sure they will. so it was going uh, you know up and down the spectrum. Uh, it was really a roller coaster ride. Um, I think aside from the Jalen Hurts pick, though, the Eagles had a 
all right draft. I wouldn't decent. I, it was okay. I, I, I wouldn't call them outright losers because they did address some needs. I think Jalen Rieger was an interesting pick at uh, at twenty one overall. He does fill a good punt return role in addition to wide receiver. Hopefully he can catch. Hopefully yes. I think. I definitely would have taken. That's a problem they have. I definitely would have taken Justin Jefferson over Jalen Rieger, but I still think it's 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 a decent pick. Uh, Jalen Hurts, on the surface, yeah, it looks weird, but also if you think about it, Carson Wentz has had significant injuries in each of the last two seasons, and at the worst possible times too. And if, if you think about it, going back to last season, yeah, it was from a a dirty hit by Jadeveon Clowney, but Carson Wentz was out for most of the Eagles' only playoff game against the Seahawks. And so that left uh, Josh McCown, thirty or forty-year-old Josh McCown, yeah, making his Lord. first playoff start, and he performed admirably. He played on, um, I think, some, a bone was broken in his leg or something, or was fractured or something, and still kept the Eagles competitive, or as most of the defense. But imagine instead then of having Josh McCown as your backup, to now Jalen Hurts. I think that's a significant upgrade, and I don't think it's a slight at Carson Wentz. I think the Eagles just need a better quarterback room and they they got that and plus Hertz is one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the draft you could see him do some packages like they did down in, in New Orleans and the Eagle staff has talked about doing that so he's definitely more of a a real quarterback than Taysom Hill is uh but he could be a gadget player like that and then throughout the rest of the draft they did a, a pretty decent job of addressing some of their needs on defense I think you would have liked to see them as a, if you're an Eagles fan you would have liked to see them take a defensive back somewhere because their secondary isn't the best. Uh, their linebacking core is shaky at best as well, so taking a linebacker in the third round was, was a good good choice by them. So overall, um, I know the, the team we're all thinking about uh, as for our, our losers pick. Uh, the Eagles definitely were not that bad. I think they were, I think, all right. It was a decent draft. They, they filled some needs. Jalen Hurts is not as bad of a pick as some people think he was. It's still questionable, but overall, I think you can defend every single pick that the Eagles made in in the twenty twenty draft. And I just, this, yeah, hang on one one second, yeah. TJ. Um, I going into the draft and seeing projections of of Jalen Hurts being a a late second round pick, I was kind of surprised. Like, I get he transferred and and his season wasn't, you know, he didn't win, he didn't win the college football playoff, whatever. But he's still Jalen Hurts. Like, have we forgot what he did at Alabama? Like, he was, and and yes, there was the whole like, uh, take him out, put Tua in, and whatever. But I think he's a an exceptional quarterback. I don't know if yes. he's a full round behind Tua. Like, that was surprising to me, and and I guess I kind of expected him to go to a team that was, um, looking for a looking for a starting quarterback like this season. So maybe they have someone uh, that they're looking to like phase out this season and then go right to Jalen Hurts. But I, I wasn't expecting him to go to someone like the Eagles who have kind of like their starter in place who's, you know, got bones made of glass, <laughs> but he's still like the starter. I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts. I think he's a really yeah. good pick. I'm just, I'm, I was a little confused by the whole Eagles selection but i don't know i can see how it will work but i i'm just a big fan of it. i think he's going to be really good i like him too and that's why i am confused that eagles took him because i also thought like this this guy's a first like yeah eagles taking yeah. him in the second round they got him at a steal that's like 
in in general terms of taking a player, they took him for a lot lower pick than what I think he should have gone for. I think he is a good starting caliber quarterback. Yeah. But the Eagles didn't need him. The Eagles needed other things more than they needed him. They needed uh, everything, really, because like they've got <laughs> they've got defensive backs, right? They've got their defensive backs. Ah, uh, no depth there, as we saw last season when you know three injuries made the defense completely collapse in on themselves. Uh, <laughs> they've got a wide receiving core that they have one more wide receiver now for um, that can't catch. None of them can. I don't. At I all. think at at their best, because uh, you still have Alshon Jeffrey on the Eagles, and yeah, they've they've had some issues with with drops in the past, but I think uh, Jeffrey and Rieger could be a good one-two combination. It's no uh, Gallup Amari uh, Lamb combination, but it, it's <laughs> I it's I yeah. Yeah, so the real uh, losers. We're going to move on to the real <laughs> losers. And I want to preface this by saying um, this is not because of who they are that I think they are losers. Uh, it just happens to make me very happy that they are. <laughs> um, the Green Bay Packers. Talk about Yay. quarterback controversy. I think a lot of people are giving Eagles crap over drafting Jalen Hurts. I think this Jordan Love pick was the single worst pick in the draft in the first round. And not I I agree. Not because And I uh, It has it has nothing to do with who the player Jordan Love is. I think he is a an interesting talent and I think in the right system he could flourish pretty well. I think he could be a decent quarterback. But taking him in the first round, trading up to get him and drafting him when you have one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league right now, who is only 35, 36 years old and is expected to be around for... You, you've just restructured his deal. So you're expecting him to be around for another three or four seasons. This is the real boneheaded quarterback decision in the draft. You can defend the Jalen Hurts pick. There, there are, there yep. are ways to defend it. Yeah. This one is just indefensible. The Packers front office must have been high or something when they made this pick <laughs> okay and not I, just high but I like to, high yeah. i need to <laughs> say the reason i don't like this pick is not actually because of that right um we saw the packers did the same thing to brett Favre when brett Favre was the same age as aaron Rodgers is now they got their quarterback for the future and i know this is going to make aaron Rodgers very mad i know that but I don't think that's the issue because getting a quarterback for the future is necessary. Like you need to and getting a guy and letting him sit underneath a good quarterback for a few years is a good idea. The Packers were a wide receiving core away from making the Super Bowl last year. They are one or two pieces away from another ring for their Hall of Fame quarterback. And yeah. instead of getting the pieces they need to win now, which is not many, they do not need many pieces at all to be the best team in the NFC. Instead of getting those pieces, they got backups at the quarterback and running back position 
their two most solid positions. It makes no sense. <sighs> yeah. Those and if you think if if they didn't pick Jordan Love, if they would have picked literally a, a, another a random position, if they would have picked a defensive tackle, then we'd be talking about the running back move. Yeah. As the dumbest move that they could have done. Like not you know? only did they get a backup quarterback that won't play for another four years because Aaron Rodgers is still, as much as it pains me to say it, he is still a great quarterback. Yeah. Is still, I would put him in top 10, maybe even top five in the NFC. Oh, in the NFC? Yeah. I bet he's top five for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. He, he hasn't been playing like his otherworldly self the last couple of seasons. No, but, but even but still, still, he is good. fantastic. I would t- and yes. and getting a backup for him instead of getting this is this not only okay I <laughs> oh my gosh this is the best wide receiver draft that we have seen in a yeah. long time yes and like I'm I'm feeling pain for Packers fans right now I'm because not. I know like <laughs> it would have been so easy any of the wide receivers out there could have turned the Packers into my favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. And that's the thing. But they didn't do it. They didn't do it. And the Packers showed that they were willing to move up to get their guy. They traded up to get Jordan Love, which, one, I don't think they needed to do. I think Jordan Love would have been there. um, Oh, yes. He would have fallen. But also, apparently uh, there was a report that came out that Aaron Rodgers was infatuated with Justin Jefferson, loved the idea of being able to play with him. And so instead of making pissing off your your Hall of Fame quarterback and and drafting his replacement, why not show him a sign of good faith and say, hey, you like this guy? Cool. Let's go get him for you. Because as TJ was saying, we're just a wide receiver away or a couple of wide receivers away from getting to the Super Bowl. They are, yeah. Like, need I remind them that the next four years, when you're this close, like you are not rebuilding, you are not in the middle of a losing streak. You are one piece away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, the their yeah. Super Bowl window is open right now. I think it's about as open as it can be, and it is closing. It is closing rapidly. Yes, we saw that they they went thirteen and three. They had a great season last year, um, but. You can't expect Aaron Rodgers to drag this team to the playoffs every single... I mean, I guess you can. But you can't expect him to be able to drag this team to the Super Bowl. And they lost a key piece in Brian Balaga. Uh, the Packers still have a good mm-hmm. offensive line, but that's going to hurt. And so not only mm-hmm. did you not draft a wide receiver, the first offensive lineman that, that, that... Excuse me. The first offensive lineman that they took was at pick 192 in the sixth round. They, wait, they I, waited almost 200 picks to address any position of actual need on their team. Sure, you could argue that they needed a tight end, but they didn't need a tight end more than they needed a wide receiver or an offensive lineman. Sure, they needed a linebacker, but they didn't need a linebacker more than an offensive lineman or a wide receiver. There's, I I know this, and Packers fans, I can't tell if they're going to be really happy or really upset with this uh, segment and how I am treating their team. Um, but the last Super Bowl, Packers won. Aaron Rodgers won in spite of the Packers. The front office did nothing to get that team to be a Super Bowl-ready team. It was Aaron Rodgers 
putting the team on his back. And if he wants another Super Bowl, they are showing him that he's going to have to do it himself once again because they will not give him the pieces. They are so concerned with what the team is going to look like after he leaves that they're not even concerned. They're not even worried. They're not even trying to win with him now. They are so focused on what are we going to do to make sure this team can win games when he leaves instead of saying, hey, maybe we should try to win another Super Bowl before that happens. Yeah, get everything you can out of him while he's here and while he's still in his, uh, towards the end of his prime. I don't know if he's in his prime or not, but it's, to me, it's management saying, like looking at Aaron Rodgers and saying, well, you know, your your clock is ticking right now. And you have to remember that like it is similar to the Brett Favre situation, but Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers are completely different people. I mean, Brett Favre was just a dog. I mean, he was a fighter. You could literally break both of his legs and he's like, you know what? I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep playing. Aaron Rodgers is so emotionally weak that you can't like, you have to think about the, the outlash that this is going to cause for Aaron Rodgers. He's a prima donna. Because, seriously, like, if you pick a, a quarterback, that is literally saying, especially in the first round, someone who has, you know, a huge ceiling or a really big upside, you're saying to your quarterback, well, if you don't work out, we're going to go with this guy. And to Aaron Rodgers, I feel like that can just be devastating to him. And, and you would have thought and, that with the level of play that Aaron Rodgers has maintained over the last 10 to 12 years in Green Bay, they, they are always in contention because of Aaron Rodgers. You would think that that would have earned mm-hmm. him a little bit of good faith or a goodwill that the, the team was like, okay, yeah. we know that you can get us to a Super Bowl. We know that you can get us to the playoffs instead of trying to make you mad. Why don't we help you out? Let's, Let's make this a little bit easier on you. Because the last time that the, the, the Packers won the Super Bowl in 2010, Aaron Rodgers had Donald Driver and Greg Jennings, two of the better wide receivers of that time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just, why then do you... Aaron, I feel like we're going in circles here. and But, but it's just Aaron Rodgers is a, an otherworldly talent right now. And so, why yeah. not? Um, why not help him? Why not give him the pieces that he needs? Because their Super Bowl window is closing, and it is closing fast. Yeah, I. You just got to invest in the now. I don't know. I've always been confused about that. Just get it. the The ultimate goal is to win a championship. Why would you? Why would you not focus on exactly. that now? You know and what I mean. As as a Vikings fan. I'm totally cool with this. I'm totally, totally. Oh, me too. I think this is fantastic. Don't take our uh, <laughs> our, our confusion during this segment as uh, uh, disbelief or sadness. We are we are very happy <laughs> at the state of disrepair oh, yeah. that the Packers are in. If this messes up Aaron yes. Rodgers, if this makes him upset, if this causes turmoil in the Packers organization, bring it on. Let's do it. This this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's that's exactly how I feel. That is exactly how I feel. Well, we got a message from uh, TJ saying his computer is frozen uh, and to do the outro ourselves. <laughs> so we can actually just take this time right now to spend the next half hour bashing TJ. Uh, 
Yeah, that's I'm, honestly that's what I've been waiting for this podcast to turn Hoping into. Hoping his computer just freeze every single week so we can just take a dump on him. Just, oh my gosh! Exactly. What, what a tool. What what a what a. <laughs> uh, I don't even. Know. Let's go. Let's go over our five least favorite things about TJ uh, right now. He can still hear us over Discord, and that's that's kind yeah. of the point. Yeah, I, I want you to... No, you will not edit this out. <laughs> this is going... This is going to be... This might even be the banter at the beginning. We'll just start with some, some disrespect oh, yeah. towards TJ. We'll do it enough where we can have uh, some disrespect at the beginning and disrespect at the end. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Uh, there's his face. Uh, there's his... Oh. Uh, um, his personality is a big yeah. one, too. Yeah. Um, just who yeah. he is. Uh, yeah. The way he sounds, his voice is just, Ugh. yeah, it's just gross. Um, yeah. His face again. His face again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. We, oh, we can't top that TJ. one. We'll, so we'll just leave it at, at those four. No, that was good. Uh, we'll actually outro it here. Uh, I forget how TJ outros. I'm usually not paying attention to this point. Uh, but thank you for joining us on the Q4 podcast for Anthony Mahatty and that weird guy named Terrence Shaniqua. Uh, no. So for, for Anthony Mahatty and TJ Bierenbaum, uh, I'm Noah Brown. Thanks for joining us on Q4. And unless TJ has other important business to attend to instead of hanging out with us next weekend, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> go Browns. Oh, we got to do the hashtags. Uh, is it hashtag Romo2020, hashtag Go Browns, hashtag Teddy Got Signed, hashtag Scoot the Booth, and hashtag You Love